Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Yeah, the fun and games are started. I'm Fantasy Sports Today. Excited to be back with Dane. Not like we haven't worked together in a long time, despite the fact that it was just 40 eight hours ago 47 hours ago that we were last chatting but yeah we miss you on monday and wednesdays brother yeah thanks man appreciate it so uh we got a game tonight obviously so we'll, we'll we'll talk about that at length in the final segment of the hour we will also be talking with bribe fantasy that'll be coming up in about 20 minutes you guys get a chance to talk to him already dane i thought you might have interviewed him earlier we in the week did We did. We had him last Monday. It was great. You know, it's this idea of like DFS, but prop bets, you know, like you're making a whole roster of prop bets. I like this concept. I'm excited to talk to him. Yeah, it should be cool. So uh, it's a different type of different type of daily fantasy, different type of gaming altogether. Uh, Certainly something that you have not uh, become familiarized with. So Adam Weinstein will be on here in about uh, 15 minutes or so. But uh, before that, well, obviously, we want to recap exactly what happened to all of you. Uh, first of all, in the world of NFL news. Secondly, on those waiver wires. I, I didn't think I'd ever see it, Dane. It was a sad day oh, for me. Oh, blew it. I'm pissed off at you, by the way. Why? I, I got a bone to pick with you. In our, in our Greenwich Street Tavern League, Yeah, I have, been, um, I have been trying to make it happen at the tight end position for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have been like kind of cobbling it together for a long time at the tight end position. Coming out of the draft, I had like Ricky Seals Jones. I even picked up a guy like Jeff Hireman. You know how high. Yeah. Well, you spent literally, bro. You beat him by you. uh, You spent two more dollars than me for a specific tight end that we have both been high on for the last week or so. Yeah, for the last week or so, we've been high on a specific tight end. You outbid me literally by two. Dollars. It was a pretty significant Blew bid, it. too. $109. I, yeah, I know I, it was. Because I, I felt I had to go to triple digits for it. I was like, I got to go did. to triple digits for you it. You did have to go yeah, to triple I digits did, for it. Yeah, I did, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so instead, did you see who I claimed for like 10 bucks? I claimed Niles Paul oh, in for gross. Austin Safarian Jenkins. I mean, that's really it. gross. It Austin Safarian Jenkins didn't <laughs> look do at, anything. Look at my roster. Look at the tight ends I'm rostering right now, uh, Blew it, and, uh, you know, make fun of me via text later on today. Yeah, I shall. So, uh, Cameron Brait was a popular pickup. I, I tried to get him everywhere. I drafted him in a couple of leagues. It was slow. I mean, I, I think I cut him in one because he started out the season with two zeros. I was like, all right, I'm not dealing with this for long, for long periods of time. But, yeah, I did have to go after Cameron Brait uh, because Kittle is a little – George Kittle is my starter there little banged up. Plus, I think in a league like that, we do, I think we roster 20 players. It's either 18 or 20, something along those 18, lines. Yeah. You just have to scoop up an available starter like that when you can because when it comes time for the bye week that I will have with Kittle at some point, which isn't until week 11, I just need to be mindful of the fact that there might not be anybody out there or uh, we'll be picking up the guys like Jeff Hoyerman again. Uh, Jeff Swain was somewhat popular at the tight end position this week. I have been touting him a little bit. I don't think he's a guy that you can ever expect huge games out of, but he might be providing a safe floor there as the Dallas passing offense remains out of gear. I don't know if it will ever get in gear, but if Jeff Swain starts to become more reliable than some of the other options in they ha- that they have, then I think he could at least be a guy catching four or five passes a game. Again, no big expectations. It's just with the bye weeks coming up, we got two this week, then four, then four, then six. Half the league basically on half the league on bye really, and then these next four weeks, three plus weeks. I think you have to look for options like that. Sure, but I'm not touching Swain. They got Jacksonville this week. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't want them necessarily for this week, but other guys. Uh, out there, I mean, defenses are starting to go on break, and we we've talked it. We talked the mm-hmm. other day about how the Saints and Lions are on break this week. So that is a there's a lot of players that are owned on those teams. A lot of depth, yeah. of fantasy 
power on those two teams between the two QBs, six wide receivers, <laughs> Traquan Smith and mm-hmm. Cam Meredith now becoming uh, an option. So it might be sure. even deeper than that, and clearly a minimum of three running backs that are valuable. So you have to keep looking. My uh, first round pick is it. gone this week in Alvin Kamara. Yeah. So there were guys that that took bids last night. So it was a sad day for me. I, I was starting to say before, my guy that helped me win two Dynasty League titles, and I held on to him all this time until August when I finally let him go because he wasn't on a team, Jamal Charles. And now, sure enough, mm. he's getting a role, conceivably, with Corey Grant out for the year with uh, Leonard Fournette on the shelf. They just needed some depth there, and you could see him. You could see a path to him getting some carries, correct? I could. Uh, I think this is going to be like TJ Yeldon, though, as kind of these workhorse backs. I think they're going to. I think he's really kind of a depth signing. I don't know how much Jamal Charles gets. It's not. I don't think he's startable. Certainly, I mean, he may be rosterable for the next month until Leonard Fournette comes back. But I think a lot of things would have to. Like, let's put it this way: if you're in a position where you're starting Jamal Charles, a lot of things have gone wrong with your roster. Totally agree. And I didn't get involved at all. Not even in my dynasty league, which I should have because I own Corey Grant. But I, I think it's much ado about nothing. If he has one game where he provides real flex value, I think, I think you're doing okay. But I saw him go for like a three hundred dollar bid in one of my leagues. Oh, wow. So it's uh, yeah, I think in the dynasty league, I, I've said before, people bid very aggressively when a running back becomes available. So that's why something sure. like that happened. I have to ask you a question about your waiver nonsense. Uh, yeah. What's up with Kenny Stills? What is up with you Kenny him. Stills? I uh, I did. I, I just thought I, there's no situation. I looked at my buys. I looked at my other wideouts. There is no situation where I believe I will be starting Kenny Stills. I had like four um, guys that I wanted this week, and I only wound up getting like the least guys. So <laughs> I may have messed up in terms of like staggering who I was dropping for these guys, you know? Because, um, so, for example, I was trying to drop my second defense for a lot of players, but then I guess the way it cascaded down is I wound up losing Kenny Stills. I'm okay with losing Kenny Stills. I should have, you know, positioned it so I lost my second defense, to be quite honest. You're absolutely correct, but I feel fine at wide receiver. Kenny Stills would have been my wide receiver six anyway, and I don't have any double buys and stuff, so I'm okay with that. I just need to figure out the damn tight end Would you rather have Kenny Stills or Tyrell Williams? Um... I guess Kenny Stills. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you and I. But might it's not, be you know, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But I mean, I got other wideouts. I'm never. I'm, I do like. I would need an injury to start to consider that. I think that you know, I could find that replacement level. My my mistake was in how I sequenced them. I should have had them like all any all of the guys I was bidding on for the Titans defense which was my second defense now they have the bears coming back off a bye and then do it over again with the second guy i would have dropped um who i believe was darren sproles you know and 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 that's the way i should have done it but uh i thought that my bid would have been good enough and i uh for when i lost the titans so it was just about how you cascade them and organize all the uh waiver claims got it so just a few but i'm okay uh, with it yeah a little bit of news and notes uh Devontae freeman sat out practice with a bone contusion it's a new injury and he's back on the injury report uh, there's no telling how serious this is. It doesn't seem like it's something that will keep him out. I haven't heard any inklings of that, but just something to keep in mind for you, Freeman and Tevin Coleman owners. Uh, Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks uh, participated in walkthroughs yesterday. John McVay seemed very positive that they would be out there on Sunday against the Seahawks um, on, on this Sunday, but uh, ultimately... We have to keep an eye on that. I, clearly, I saw in one of our leagues, somebody picked up Josh Reynolds just as sort of a preventative measure in case both of those guys are out or even one. But uh, nonetheless, both of those guys did participate in a walkthrough at least. Yeah, absolutely. They did. So it looks like they may be available against Denver this week, you know, pouring water on anybody who had that Josh Reynolds kind of idea. Let me ask you something. You talked about the Devontae Freeman thing. I brought up the question to Scott last hour, but I know, Mike, you're so plugged into the contracts and stuff like that as well. We've been saying all year, Tevin Coleman is a free agent, right, coming into this offseason. What I've also remembered, you know, Mike, is didn't the Falcons, like, make Devontae Freeman the highest-paid running back 
in the league at one point about two years ago. Yeah, right? they gave him, they so gave him good money. They na- yeah, so here's my thing, right? We've been talking about how the injuries are kind of piling up on Devontae Freeman. You know, these head injuries, the people over at doc, uh, Inside Injuries, Dr. A, they're really concerned about Freeman long-term, the knee bones connected to the hip bone. We're hearing new injuries, the foot, the knee, the shoulder, the head. If you're the Atlanta Falcons, do you try to make, like, re-sign Tevin Coleman? Like, what do you do financially, right? Devontae Freeman's taking up so much money, but he's not necessarily a long time. He's not long for this league much, you know? And then you have the uh, potential that Tevin Coleman's going to walk away, right? I mean, someone out there in the NFL is going to offer him starters money. So what do you do financially, Blewett, if you're the Falcons with their, your running back position vis-a-vis the salary cap? If they cut him post-June 1 next year, they would take a $9 million dead money cap hit over the course cut of three Freeman? years. Um, or no, actually, no. It would be, yeah, I don't, I don't think they, yeah, if you cut him, I don't think you can prorate that. So it would be conceivably, the way I'm looking at it, I, I'd have to double-check to see if all $9 million would be against the cap next year or if they can smooth it out. I don't think, I think once you cut the guy, I don't think you can smooth it out over the three years. So uh, basically, that's too much. I don't think you can take a nine. I'm just saying they've painted themselves into a corner on some level, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they went all in with it. It was a big extension, and it really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. August 9th, 2017. That's what I'm saying. Five-year, $41 million so, contract extension. They made their bet, and they made right. bet on the wrong So let guy. me ask you this. Let me ask you this, because I don't know how much they can get out from if they did cut him or how it would be dead money on the cap or stuff like that. You're, you're more of an expert on that than me. But – what it, what I where I'm trying to go and extrapolate out is is there a potential here, Blewett? Because the Falcons have already earmarked a significant amount of money to the running back position. Would it be possible for them to cut Devontae Freeman and then have most of that big time money available for oh I don't know another stud running back who may come onto the market and want a huge contract at the age of 27 or 28 this year? Yeah, it, I think. Well, the bell. If you're talking about the bell, because he'd be an thing, interesting fit. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't. He'd be an I, interesting I don't fit think there's there. any room. I'm trying to get a sense of Atlanta. Okay, Cap that's State. what I wondered. If they cut Freeman because they had all that allocated to the RB position anyway, if if they freed themselves of Freeman, might they have the money to lure Le'Veon? They're the kind of team that I think could do it. He could be that like icing on the cake for that offense. The one thing I would say in general is that based on what the Rams did. There's obviously this past offseason, there always seems to be a way. What they did maneuvering the salary cap around was genius because they signed a bunch of guys and guaranteed them a bunch of money up front, and they were still able to pay Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks and and lock everybody up. It helps the quarterback's not high paid, but I digress. That's going to come to roost when Goff finishes his rookie contract. Yeah, still got got some time left on it, though, and they're going for it now. Right now they're the best team in the league, so it's been built properly, at least for now. Uh, So there's always a way. But what I would say is that it might be difficult for Atlanta to do something like that. Next year, it looks like they only have $30 million in cap space, and that's without me knowing and diving in exactly who else needs extensions. We know Matt Ryan's locked up and Desmond Trufant and Julio Jones and Vic Beasley and even Jake Matthews, but right. are there other guys that need to get paid on defense? Are there other offensive linemen that will be coming up? So. Uh, I it sure. it would not be a destination for me that I think would work. Uh, Tevin Coleman will probably okay. be elsewhere. I think they piece it together with Devontae Freeman and maybe Edo Smith, maybe draft somebody again. Hmm. Uh, but I don't think Le'Veon okay. Bell would be a target there. The Jets keep coming back as a target. It's because the Jets have so much cap space, and the Jets right. may have a need at running back. Isaiah Crowell keeps ripping off two hundred yard games. They don't need anybody else, um, and they've got Isaiah Crowell at a pretty decent price. I, I think they'd be better served and bolstering that offensive line over the next oh yeah 20 months or so you know a couple of Absolutely draft classes and, a, and sign a free agent what the giants are trying to do it doesn't seem to be working but the giants are trying to do that they they signed solder they they drafted hernandez yep. in another year they can do another free agent signing and another couple of draft picks and then you have basically yep. five new guys on the offensive line within a year so the Jets, I think, should be working on that plan, even though they've been playing better on the line than uh, they have in the past. So, uh, anyway, so that's a little bit of the news. Let's talk a, a little bit about some injuries. Evan Ingram ruled out tonight 
uh, versus the Eagles. Uh, Red Ellison's been banged up as well, but it looks like he's going to be good to go. Olivier Vernon for the Giants appears set to make his 2018 debut. As far as other injuries are concerned, we've already talked about Fournette. Uh, cornerback DJ Hayden out there as well. Uh, Andrew, guard Andrew Norwell is day-to-day with a left leg injury. He was the large signing that they made in the offseason, largest signing ever for a free agent guard. Uh, Devontae Freeman, we talked about him. Uh, Taylor Lewan, Kenny Vaccaro each sat out practice. I think Vaccaro missed a game the other day. Um, Lewan, you would hope, would be back. Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup talked about them. Uh, let's see who else we got. Darren Sproles. Corey Graham, Haloti Nada are the Eagles that are out tonight. For those people that were holding out hope on Darren Sproles, I mean, I hope you released him a long time ago, depending on the size of your league. I mean, maybe he could be part of this game yeah, when he comes Smallwood back. Smallwood and Clement. Yeah, he, this is a Smallwood or Clement thing. Smallwood is the guy that saw really the most bids. He was the highest bid on player in the league that you and I own a team on together. What is your thoughts on the Smallwood-Clement debate? We can talk about this game at length later, but the Smallwood-Clement debate going forward. Yeah, I think this is a timeshare, and I could see people leaning either way. Personally, I lean Clement. I think Clement is the guy. Listen, here's what I say. Back in August, right, the Eagles made a death chart. You know what I mean? And at that point in time, the coaches thought definitively that Corey Clement was a better running back than Wendell Smallwood, right? And so I, Clement has been injured the last couple of weeks when Smallwood has kind of done this. But I don't know that Smallwood has done enough to uh, you know, surpass the overall, the, the initial kind of uh, thoughts on these backs. So I, I small lean towards Clement. Got it. Um... Okay, normally, so normally we take some time in the next segment to go through snap counts and stuff like that. We're, we're going to have Adam Weinstein from Thrive Fantasy on to go into that in depth. But was there any team in particular uh, that you needed to see a snap count on? Because there were some change, there were some couple of interesting things that happened over the last couple of weeks where we started to see snap counts, for instance, for Sony Michelle, and it, start, and it paid off right. for those people that were paying attention to it. I don't think you can look at the New Orleans running back thing from the other night and draw anything from it. They were obviously trying to get Kamara some rest, but uh, beyond And they're on that, bye this week, too. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to get him some rest going into the bye. Ingram was good to go. I think he proved his worth there, but... but- you know if there's anybody else that jumped out to you, any other team no. that jumped out. I mean, you know, I'm always interested in the Detroit running backs, but they are on by. I think when it comes to snap count, what I'm going to do is later on in the show, what I want to ask you about, something I'm interested in, and I know you are plugged into the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike. I am interested in what you think the snap count will look like between James Conner and Le'Veon Bell in weeks 10 and beyond because I don't think Lev Bell is just going to return to be a workload, a workhorse. Big Ben is saying James Conner has a role also. I want to know what you think this timeshare looks like and where those two guys can be come week 10 or 11. They haven't operated in any other way than the way that they're operating now, no matter who's the running back. Mm. We'll come back. Adam Weinstein from Thrive Fantasies next. There's only one place to listen to the best fantasy advice, and that's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. By downloading the FNTSY Radio Network app, you'll be blessed with having the top fantasy experts right in your pocket. You'll get award-winning and entertaining programs like the Roto Experts. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. Fantasy best friends forever. Yo! Carton and friends. Yeah, buddy! And so much more. You feel what I'm saying? Download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app now and take the most trusted fantasy experts with you wherever you go. back on FNTSY. Uh, again, if you're listening this morning to Fantasy Sports Today, hit us up on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. I'm at Mike Blewett and Dane is at Spit Speeds, S-P-E-D-Z. And we're going to bring in Adam Weinstein. He's the CEO of Thrive Fantasy. You can find them on Twitter at Thrive Fantasy. That's T-H-R-I-V-E Fantasy. But really where you want to go is ThriveFantasy.com. So first of all, Adam, thanks for joining us this morning. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm excited to talk about this. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, no problem. So I'd like to get a sense from you first of what your background is uh, related to fantasy. Were you a DFS player? Were you a longtime uh, sports better? 
and what hmm, sort of what was the genesis of this idea for you to get into it? Sure. Yeah. So I've been. I was one of the early adopters on FanDuel and DraftKings. I got absolutely crushed, so um, I thought there was a better way. But, yeah, I've been gambling. I was playing poker since I was 16, 17 years old back in the full tilt and poker stars days. So I've been around the space for, for quite some time now. But, yeah, um, I, I love daily fantasy sports. I played back in the day, and uh, I didn't want to get killed every time that I, I played against these sharks, so I thought that creating Thrive Fantasy could be something that people really would enjoy. Hey, Adam, this is Dane Martinez. We spoke a little bit last week. Here's my question. Let Tell people exactly what this format is. To me, it's almost as if, like, prop bets and FanDuel had a baby. It would be Thrive Fantasy. You're, in essence, kind of like making a DFS roster-ish, but it's not players. It's just uh, your side of specific prop bets that are laid out, right? Tell the people out here what the format of Thrive Fantasy is. Exactly, yeah. So instead of drafting a lineup like you would one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, uh, we changed the, the concept in which we give users a list of 20 binary propositions. So for tonight, we have a big Eagles-Giants matchup. It's Carson Wentz over under 270 passing yards or Saquon Barkley over under 90 rushing yards. So really easy over-unders in which we give you a list of 20 and you have to pick 10 out of those 20. The less probable a prop is to occur, the more points you get. So wherein lies the game theory. So if you want to take some flyers that can get you a big upside, go for it. Uh, if you want to be more conservative and pick the props that you think are, are more likely to hit, you, you can do that as well. So really easy, really fun, and it's much more of a pick them and play, play type of mentality as opposed to having to research every player on every team, which could take hours upon hours. Uh, do you have tournaments, uh, contests that are multi-entry? Is this limited to single entry? Just trying to get a sense of how people can expect uh, to play and enter some of these contests. Absolutely, yeah. So we have the same types of concepts and contests as a, as the big guys, but we obviously don't have the, the same guaranteed prize pools. So our biggest prize pools on Sundays are normally around three thousand to four thousand dollars with a twenty dollar entry and the max amount of uh, multi-entries is about 10 to 12 based on uh, a certain couple of factors. But you'll never see a guy entering 165 lineups or 200 lineups. That, that's not something that uh, is going to be very prevalent on our site. Okay, so talk to me about this. You know, in, in, in DFS, you know, I know kind of the, the score I need to get to in order to have a good chance to cash, right? So when you're talking about you're picking out of 10, right? You're picking out of 10. I wonder, like, how do we differentiate ourselves if I get, you know, when I think about in Vegas, right, the best handicappers get it right, what, like 55, 57% of the time? So if I go 6 of 10 on my props, if I go 7 of 10 on my props, am I cashing at Thrive? Yeah, great question. Yes, yeah, so I'll just revert back to FanDuel and DraftKings. If you have one dud who doesn't show up on any given Sunday, you are going to have a really tough time cashing, specifically if you spent a, a good amount of money on that guy. On ours, we see people who've gotten three wrong, so as you alluded to, seven out of ten. They're cashing at an over 70% success rate. So you don't have to be extraordinarily accurate on our site to have a chance at cashing. On the other sites, you need to be pretty much perfect down the line. That's not the case at all on Thrive. Uh, so again, we're with Adam Weinstein, he's CEO of Thrive Fantasy. You can find it. You can find the website at thrivefantasy.com, but also you have an app, correct? Downloadable on iOS and Android. That's right. So, um, so give me a sense from you as, as a fan, from a fan perspective. We'll get back into games tonight, but um, in one of the games tonight, Eagles Giants. I don't know if you're a fan of either team or who your NFL team is. I'm a massive Giants fan, so this is oh, the boy. season. This is the season uh, yeah, right here is. tonight. Uh, okay, so cool. So we we got some games that we got this game tonight. Um, we have so to, I want to give people a sense. Like I'll, I'll dive into this game in particular. I clicked on the first contest that came up. Uh, let me see. It is a payout of the prize pool is fifteen hundred dollars. Entry fee twenty five bucks. So. Like you said, many of the pools will probably reflect that. You'll have some smaller prize pools as well. So I, I think very often people get intimidated that are inexperienced. They get intimidated by going to DraftKings and FanDuel because there's so much money and there's so many entrants. I just want to give 
boil it down for people that this can be a lot smaller, a lot more manageable from an entry fee perspective and from a prize pool standpoint. So the way this comes in, you're picking 10 of the 20 players tonight. It starts out. Uh, you got Carson Wentz. The prop is 264.5 passing yards. So if you bet the over, which is the shorter odds, you get 90 points. And if you bet the under, which is less likely to happen, then you get 110 points. So you can play the odds a little bit, go for some longer shots, and inc- and boost your point total that way. But clearly there's some risk that comes with that, Adam. Exactly, yeah, and everything is always out of 200. So if the over is 115, the under will always be 85. If the over is 70, the under will always be 130. So uh, you don't have to stress too much on, on determining which where the value is because – very easy to, to see which what the over and unders are. Let me ask you this, Adam. Like, take me in behind, like, kind of your, you know, the minds over at Thrive Fantasy. Like, how do you go about setting these props? You know, do you just take them from Westgate, or do you have your own internal team that are setting the props for your context, for your point system, that sort of thing? And then also, I would love to know, you know, when you do – fantasy leagues or DFS, right? Some may have, you only pick five players, some maybe you pick ten, and those obviously create more differentiators so that we don't have ties and split pools, right? So how do you set the props, and also how did you land on needing to pick ten of an available twenty props as opposed to offering thirty and having people pick ten or five out of fifteen, something like that? Tell me a little bit about the thinking behind there that goes into setting the props and why you landed on 10 out of 20 who are making these decisions and thrive you guys got your own handicappers how are you setting these yeah so unfortunately obviously as you guys probably know las vegas comes out with player props an hour or a couple hours prior to each game so we set the lines days in in advance so we do have our own in-house algorithm uh it's based on several factors but with that said we've definitely gotten some uh lines very vastly off from what Vegas has said. So if you know what Vegas is putting out there for a projected prop and ours is, is off, take advantage. It's user versus user. So if you do that research, if you take that time to cross-reference what our props look like against uh, what Vegas is, is setting, then by all means, um, have at it. Um, in terms of the amount of props that you have to pick in, in our contest, we started out with picking 15 out of 25 in beta. Uh, a lot of our user feedback was like, this is a little too tedious. Uh, it's still something that's way easier than FanDuel and DraftKings in terms of the amount of time you need to engage in research. But 15 w- was a little heavy. Um, as you alluded to, if you only picked five, you'd have a ton of ties up top. Uh, a lot of the people would pick the same five props. So 10 out of 20 seems to be like a really nice sweet spot. It's not too hard. It's not too uh, easy. So that's where we're sticking for now. With that said, in the future, uh, we might have some rapid fire, pick five out of 10 or three out of five in the next half or the next quarter that's being played. But right now uh, we're really comfortable with 10 out of 20. And he, they have no rate contest too. So you can go head up against uh, some people. I, I was watching a video last night of somebody walking through it and you can d- do three player contests where uh, only it, only if you come in third, would you not get paid out second place? You can get your money back first place. You uh, you're basically making uh, you know making the profit off of the third guy that lost. So you're trying to get as many winners in there as possible and just soften the blow for people that have a rough week. Yeah, exactly. So all of our contests, the top twenty to twenty five percent of the bigger the feature contests, they all get paid, and our rate is at ten percent uh, for the bigger heads up. There's uh, no rake as you as you mentioned, but. Yeah, the last thing we want to do is, is take what we've considered problems in DFS, whether it's rake or multi-entry or these sharks taking 90% of the prize pool. So we wanted to stay super clear about that and make opportunities. DFS is here to stay. We love it. We want people to engage. We want people to have great experiences, not just putting in a couple hundred dollars and not coming close to winning any money. So check us out. We're, we're fun. We're innovative. It's new. And it's something, it's DFS for profits. Uh, it's, it's exciting. 
All right, so last one from me, Adam. Tell the people over here, you know, we talked about how uh, you can find Thrive. You got anything for us? Can we get any kind of promo code or something? Can you help us out? Can we get a free entry or something? I want to try out Thrive. How can I try out Thrive? Where do I go, and how can you help me get, you know, get on the gravy train, Adam? 100%, yeah. So we're mostly engaged on Twitter. DM us. Um, it's at Thrive Fantasy. It's one word. Hit us up. Say that uh, you, we were... Obviously, I, I was on the, the show today. Say that you were listening on the FNTSY, and we'll, we'll throw in a two dollar credit for you. Nice. Uh, we have a big two, we have a big two dollar entry into uh, Thursday night football tonight, so you can definitely check us out that way. So again, uh, that's Thrive Fantasy T H R I V E. Find them on Twitter, Thrive Fantasy. Download the app on iOS, on Android, and go to thrivefantasy.com. So I'm going to give you one more before you go. I'm looking at the contest tonight. What is your what is the top pick? You don't have to tell us your entire lineup that you're going to throw out there tonight. But what is your favorite prop uh, tonight, over or under any player? Who do you like? Odell Beckham is going for a buck thirty-five tonight. Really? You heard it's it here. Weird that a Giants fan. Woo! We're attacking Jalen Mills. It sounds like tonight. One thirty, one thirty-five and two. It's going. It's going to him in number twenty-six. Everybody else, get out of the way. Yeah, there's no Evan wow. Ingram. You got a banged-up Red Ellison. Sterling Shepard is yeah. punching benches and throwing benches. I wonder where he learned that. Where he learned that? Hey, I don't know. Who was his role model on that one? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I wish your Giants good luck, sort of, but. Uh, I, and I w- but I wish you even better luck with Thrive Fantasy. This is Adam Weinstein. Thanks for joining us today, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, Adam. I appreciate it, fellas. Okay, so, again, go to thrivefantasy.com. You can find out a little bit more about it. It is a pretty cool and interesting like way to play DFS. Yeah, it's a different concept. So for those who are like, ah, it's just another DFS site, it really isn't. It's very different than anything you would ever play on FanDuel or DraftKings. I'm sure there are some contests out there that FanDuel and DraftKings have gotten funkier with, but really they don't go in this direction. This is a very different way to go. And this would probably be more appealing to somebody like the man on my left, Gabe Morency, who does like a prop bet or two. He's a fan of the prop betting. So uh, Thrive Fantasy is something that really can capitalize on that. And here's the thing also, Blewett, I think there's inefficiencies here to be exploited for the savvy, you know, the savvy listener of the Fantasy Sports Network. You know, we come out with rankings every week. There are guys that we think are going to have great matchups or they're going to blow up, you know, like if we were, you know, betting in weeks one and two with our guy Kenny Galladay, we'd be rolling in cash right now, right? I think if you apply the information you get here on the Fantasy Sports Network and then you take it over to Thrive, you know, you can find like the one or two guys you think are going to be Fugazi and bet under the one or two guys that we are touting, you know, for the week as uh, with a good matchup and maybe really make hay over on Thrive. I think you and I are going to have to get into this and, and do a Thrive contest, yeah. maybe even head up. We won't do tonight's game because yeah, we got to learn you. a little bit more about it. But let's do it next week. Yeah, let's do we'll, it next week. I'm into we that. Could, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, why don't we do that? Because to rush and do it tomorrow for the Sunday games, maybe we'll do. Nah, that let's set it time. up. We got to log in. Yeah. see if we can get a little extra yeah, a little, credit from our right. guy Adam. That's right. A little you help. Know, yeah, a little, uh, yeah, little money like for that. the people. I like that. And so. Sure. Uh, even a $2 entry, you and I can go up against one another. So that'll be fun. We'll, we'll check that out. Plus, Dana and I talk about prop bets so much. It's something that just kind of ties into what it is that we talk about on a regular basis. So since we have a couple of minutes left in the segment, let me give you my take on the Le'Veon Bell scenario. So yeah. we already had a listener fire at us. That That's what I was just going to say. Rich was already was hitting us up. He's with you. Yeah. He's with you. Yeah, look. For every game that Le'Veon Bell missed due to injury and – Due to suspensions, D'Angelo Williams just took over. There were mm-hmm. situations where Fitzgerald Toussaint had to pick up some carries. You remember the playoff game where they almost beat Denver? Yeah. Uh, Fitzgerald Toussaint kind of took over. That was shared a little bit, but the reality is that they run a one-back system. But I'm never, I'm never suggesting. First of all, I've been saying you should draft Connor from the beginning, so this isn't a situation of where you're going to release him. But what I would say is that the expectations should be that it's a one-back system. So Connor would see the ball a few times a game. Now, this is a little different in that we don't know what kind of shape Le'Veon Bell will be in. Just turned off the lights right in the middle of the thing. That surprised me. <laughs> but uh, 
we don't know what kind of shape Le'Veon Bell is going to be in. And if the Steelers really do turn it around here and start building towards the playoffs and challenging, then one would think that it makes sense to manage him a little bit and give Connor some time as they head towards the playoffs. Le'Veon probably doesn't want to carry the ball 40 times a game to keep himself healthier for free agency. And the Steelers have seen that they've been successful with Connor. He's not Le'Veon Bell. I think it's pretty obvious, but they've been successful with him. So while you should expect Bell to be the number one RB, I think there is an opportunity, albeit a smaller percentage, for for them to share the ball for the first time in the last five years. Yeah, and that to be honest, that's what I think is going to happen. I, I know the Steelers are a one-back system, and deservedly so. I just can't get over it. You, you saw Big Ben yesterday saying, like, in no way, shape, or form should James Conner just go on the shelf. Not his call. That he's earned the right, Not you know? Call. And and I know I, I really do see a path where, unfortunately, I know it compromises Conner. Listen, part of the reason everyone loves Lev Bell as a top three pick, right, is because he was one of those – very rare elite workhorses like Zeke Elliott, like David Johnson. I'm just saying that there is definitely the potential out there for Lev Bell to not be that complete dominant workhorse share stud and it be a, the skill, the scales to kind of tip a little bit more to a timeshare. I'm not talking 50-50, but I do think, you know, 25. Bell's workload will be eaten into more than it ever has been before, making Lev Bell a different running back for fantasy than he ever has been before. I still think Bell sees 20 touches a game, or targets plus carries would be in the 20 range. I think he could screw up his rhythm by managing him too much. Mm. So we'll come back. We'll talk about tonight's game, Eagles-Giants. It's Dane and Mike. We see you, Kenny and Philly. We'll be right back after this. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now. And keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. Back on FST, I just got to talk about the Yankees again. So depressing. So depressing. Yeah. Just, what a bad performance. Hey, Blue, who's playing first base for this team next year? Miguel Andujar or Gary Sanchez? <laughs> certainly neither of those guys can play their, nat- their quote-unquote natural positions of third and catcher. I'm saying. Now they have a log jam. The guy with the- I know. No, the guy with no undershirt and the taco meat hanging out of uh, of the top of his shirt. He's hitting homers. You got Greg Bird, who, I, I mean, witness protection program for that guy. Uh, Andrew Hart can't feel The DH spot is filled already. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I mean. I, I, I can't like not have Hicks in my lineup. Down this road, so start talking about it for 20 minutes. But the, no, I hear you. the problem is, look, they didn't. If you pitch like that in a series, you're going to lose every time. I agree with you. That's why I said the only need here is the number is the, is the 1A. They need the starter 1A. That's why they should have done whatever they could to have traded for Jacob DeGrom or Madison Bumgarner or Noah Syndergaard or last offseason when Garrett Cole could have been had. That is the need. The offense really is fine. The bullpen is fine. What they need is someone who can start a game two of a series. You got Sevi. You need someone else Sevy. ahead of Tanaka. Sevi doesn't even know yeah, what no, the come game on. starts. And he's getting yeah, but if Sevy is our problem, we got bigger things innings. to worry about. He's, he's, yeah, but if Sevy is an issue for us, then we've got bigger problems. Okay, I agree. You have but to the trust. The guy Sevy, hasn't shown up in the right? postseason. He just hasn't. So um, Tanaka's fine, obviously. CC at the end of the road. Uh, I get it. Mm-hmm. Hap. You know, everybody was excited about Hap going up against the Sox. He throws two innings and he's done. So, yep. uh, w- what can I say? You get start bad starting pitching like that, you're going to lose almost every series. They lost two one-run games. I don't think you need to blow up the whole team. You just need a couple of pitchers uh, like everybody else does. So, I wanted Garrett Cole, but 
they were sort of asking for Glaber Torres. I think we've shown them that would have been a very difficult trade to make for anybody. So uh, we move on. Uh, Kenny uh, from Philly wants to give us a shout. So what's up, Kenny? What's up, Kenny? Kenny in Philly. Going Hello, Kenny going once. There you go. Hey, what's up, Kenny? Hey, how you guys doing, guys? Doing okay. Um, I just want to touch on three points here. I mean, I do have a, a, a start set. Uh, I'll just start set now. Uh, Carlo, Carlos Hyde or James White PPR this week? Oh, I love James White this week against Kansas City. It's going to be a shootout up there in New England. James White might catch nine balls. Roger that. All right. Um, on the uh, Le'Veon Bell thing, I know I was doing a lot of research yesterday because they were talking about that the Eagles were interested in them and all that. So mm. there is a way that they could fit actually well a few teams could actually fit his salary and just and just uh pay him at the end of the year but i don't i'm not sure who's going to take that take that uh that risk right there um i do agree with scotty i think yeah kenny pause you. Like, i want you to pause there for a sec go ahead, go ahead. he's forfeited a lot of money already you want to throw down uh-huh. seven million bucks for the stretch run and playoffs it's it's probably a foolish spend, but if somebody really needs it and they feel like he can solidify them for a Super Bowl run, then I would do it. But it's really only a couple of teams that could consider doing something like that. Like what if Fournette was really hurt right. for the rest of the year and they have money? What if Dalvin Cook can't come back? Space? What if Dalvin yeah. Cook can't get back healthy? Yeah, Those are the types of teams that should be looking at it, not like the Jets now hoping that they'll sign up. Green Bay. Uh, yeah, guys like that. So anyway. Yep. I just wanted to interject there. Go ahead. Uh, no worries. Um, I, I, I do agree with Scotty. I think Small would actually be a better play tonight over uh, over Clement because of the uh, because not necessarily the uh, the injury uh, history, but actually last time they played, actually uh, Small would actually got in the end zone. So I would rather play him. I'm probably going to play him once I'm some of the showdown sleep tonight. And man, Scotty was going at it on Twitter yesterday here and. Uh, Dane, I tagged you in it, and yeah, I know, I saw that. <laughs> I don't get Scotty. I mean, tomorrow hopefully I'll call in and we'll actually make a gentleman's bet since Scotty doesn't really bet. But on this, on this, at uh, this Denver uh, Rams game, Rams won. Yeah, you like the home dog, right? Exactly, six and a half points, and they might be down Cup and uh, and the other wide receiver and Cooks. Yeah, they got to go uh, to that high altitude. It's just a bad spot, and. And Denver got killed last week by the Jets, I mean. Right. I see it at seven and a half, so, Kenny. I see it at seven and a half right now. turns around. It's the whole yeah, dog right. been sharp all year. Plus also seven and Jets. a half, Denver. I like it. Yeah. Also, the Jets good, uh, might be a good stream this week, uh, DFS and season long. They're playing against the Colts, and you know they're, the problems that they're having. So just uh, I'm a sleeper defense. right? I just picked them up in one of my leagues as well. I'll be playing them this week in DFS too, so. Uh, I am streaming the Jets myself this week in a season-long league. I think they might get some pressure on Andrew Luck. Yep, yep. All right, well, I'll, uh, I'll try to catch you and Scotty tomorrow. Uh, all right, Blewett. All right, all right guys, have a Take good care, one. guys. That uh, sounds good, so, Kenny. Yeah, yeah Blewett. Kenny is all over the road, I mean, the home dog in Denver. He was going at Scott because um, he was saying, Scott was saying that, you know, the Rams, it's okay. And I, I brought up to Scott, listen, the Rams were road favorites last week in Seattle. They went down, you know, when I was going on all my home dogs. You know how I feel about the home dogs. The Broncos are plus seven and a half hosting the Rams at high altitude who are a little bit banged up, non-conference road. You think seven is too much in that one? I think it's a lot. It, it jumped out to me when I, when I looked at it. The Rams have to be – they've had a pretty light schedule. They have to be up yep. for a letdown to some extent. Yep. But I, I, I'm just staying away game. from betting against – Home dogs or road favorites. I'm just staying away from it. I know. Whatever. <laughs> there's there's eight of crazy. them this week. Yeah. So, there's eight of them. Yeah, I know. So this week, and it starts tonight. So let's do that. It starts tonight, Blewett. The Giants are three point home dogs. We've also said that the home team has won all five Thursday night football games so far this year. Okay. The Giants are plus three tonight against the Eagles. Are you going to abandon these narratives? Or uh, does that mean you're taking the Giants plus three? G-Man plus three. Yeah. Uh, what I said at the end I of the last like the hour. G-Man. I actually like the G-Man outright. the other day to cover against the Panthers. Um, uh, because it was a typical for me, it's a narrative thing. But the Giants, over the last several years, when they look dead and buried, there's been That's times right. when they look dead and buried, they just play well. They Back just play a game the wall like that. Kind of thing. 
And yeah. I think uh, that was one of those games. They really should have won it, obviously. They lost in excruciating fashion. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I would take the G-Men. Yeah, sure. I, I, I don't yeah. know that so, you're putting a, you're put, sort of putting a proverbial gun in my head as to as to having <laughs> to bet this game. But if I had to, no, I'm not saying you have to. Giants, I'm just yeah. saying you're lean. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, so here's for what I would do this week. <laughs> Fair enough. Here's what I would do. And tell me if I sound crazy. I know you got Gabe Morency in there in studio as well. What I'm doing is I'm waiting and hoping it goes to three and a half. And then I'll nail sense. the Giants. Yeah, no, I, I heard. Then I could be all time. over the Giants. I think that makes. Yeah, perfect but sense. I want that hook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just to give you a sense of numbers tonight and expectations tonight. Um, looking at some of our numbers, Corey Clement projects better than Smallwood. And Smallwood was the guy that people obviously picked up on the waiver wire. Scott Engel right. saying that he likes Smallwood a little bit better. I like Corey Clement in every game going forward a little bit more as long as he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm on the same side. I think if Clement is, ha- is healthy, he is the main guy. I think Smallwood serves as his handcuff right now. I told you about the depth chart in August, you know, kind of thing. Is uh, Can we get that prop bet? You and I would be on the same side. Can we maybe go over the Thrive and bet Clement over Smallwood? I don't think you can do, I don't think you can that do one of it our props? straight up mm, like that. Okay. I think you got to do it in the course oh, well. of a contest where you're picking several props, you know what I mean? You can't just pick the yeah. one prop versus somebody We pick, else. like, the over on Clement and the under on Smallwood kind right. of thing. It's a whole bunch. Yeah, you got to pick 10 of 20, like you gotcha. said. So you, you're getting into a lot deeper. Like I said, you and I will play a contest against each other next week just to see how we do. Sounds but good. Uh, Michelle Servico, Scott's partner in Carton and Friends League, has uh, also been moaning Scott's advice as far as Smallwood over Clement just for this one game. <laughs> but Michelle had incredible takes at the, at the draft. She was very well informed at the draft. Yeah. Yeah, Michelle was dropping nice nuggets, daily nu- or <clears throat> seasonal nuggets about the players that were being drafted. It was very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Her research was. is second to and- none. <clears throat> Absolutely. And it got them to 0 and 5 so far in the season, yeah. whereas we are 5 and 0. Yeah. So what do you Okay, you can't you can't hear. So there's a little bit of a technical issue there with her microphone, but uh, yeah, she. I was telling her. I was telling her the 0 and 5 situation isn't looking so good, and she said, "Yeah, what can I do? Maybe she, maybe she got recruited by the wrong guy. The Beauty and the Beast is uh, currently 0 and 5, so that's, it's much more beastly I think than that's it what is beautiful." Happen. So, hey Michelle, you know where your bread is buttered. Next time, darling, Dane Martinez, Mike Blewett. If you want to win your leagues and win that cash, yeah. Well, I, I don't want to talk trash or anything, but five and zero is five and zero. What are you going to say? I'm five and zero, uh, and so the is. two leagues I'm competing with you in and against you in, I'm five and zero. I'm feeling pretty yeah, good. It's true. And then what about Scotty Fishbowl, Blewett? <clears throat> oh, that's right. Yeah. This is only this is me. I just, just tee him up. You knock him down, blew it. But, Go ahead. I'm a hype man. Go yeah. ahead. So nine hundred <laughs> teams in Scott Fishbowl. Guess who's in first place? I don't know, Mike. That Who could be, it possibly be? That would be Mike Blewett. Uh wow. last year I got off to a good start and I was like top ten for a few weeks, but um I didn't expect this. I thought I drafted a good team, but you know, Josh Gordon didn't really work out. I was like, I'm not really sure how this is going to go, but what can I say? Matt Ryan's throwing for a lot of yardage. Adam Thielen has been even better than expected. The James Conner thing, though, really has transformed all of my teams. Scott Fishbowl, right. the Grand Street Tavern, Carton and Friends. It's made right. my teams from good to great early on. And in that league, so let me ask you points this. go a long oh, way right. in the Scott Fishbowl League. Um, so I'm over, I think I have like 1,035 points through the, for, for, through the first five games. So I'm averaging over 200 a week, which is a really good score. Uh, so that's my question, right? You are a guy who has James Conner, mm-hmm. you know. So to our previous point, does, uh, does James Conner completely evaporate? When Le- the, let's say we're in week 11, your fantasy playoffs, right? Or, or is James, do you project James Conner to still like be a viable flex play? It's a really good Would you question. ever start Lev Bell and James Conner? The same way, like right now, people can start Sony Michelle and James White right now, you know? Would you, uh, would you ever recommend starting James Conner and Lev Bell in the same way? It will never look like that. It would never look like the white Michelle thing. So say he, right, because so, one's a pass-catching guy. One's a, yeah. Yeah. So in week eight, he's coming back ostensibly. That's what, that's what we've been told. So sure. in week eight, he's coming back. I think that's the week you could start. They're both viable, and then you're just going to have to wait and see. 
I think our listener, Rich, has the same thought process as me. If you expect it to be anything other than it's been, then you're just you're throwing darts because there's no unless we hear something about it. But we haven't heard that, and we've never seen it. So to, for anybody to sit there and say, well, I think Connor's still going to be a part of it, you're just guessing. You have no reason to believe that. Uh, they should keep him as part of the offense, and Ben can shoot his mouth off all he wants, but he's got no say in it. As a veteran quarterback, maybe he could you know, try to influence somebody, but that's not the way they roll. It's Mike Tomlin and Randy Fitchner's call, and they could look for some input from Ben, but taking Le'Veon Bell out of a mode that he's been in for the last five years where he's the best running back in the entire league, I think might be a bad call. It could go south with Bell being yeah. efficient. I don't think I, I don't expect him to be throwing chairs and unhappy and giving fingers like Earl Thomas did. I think it'll be cordial right. until he leaves, and I don't think he's going to stay. Uh, just yeah, for the record, so, I know so, there's been some people. I know he's been saying I'd like to remain a Steeler. Right. And that ship sailed. Right. So maybe the Steelers want to work them heavy, right? Chew them up and spit them out. <laughs> and Lev Bell's trying to save himself. Maybe the Steelers are trying to save James Conner because he is their future. You know, I guess you're right with the Sony. It's not a Sony Michelle James White situation. I think they could roles, chew them up and spit them out. Right. I think those roles are more defined in New England, right? But what about like listen, year, by the way, Mark Ingram? You don't let's. You don't go ahead. You don't. <clears throat> Give your ass at the ball 406 times and not right. have in the back of your head, we might not be on this team next year. I right. Think that was the, the succession planning is clear. You know what I mean? But, okay, so it's not Sony Michelle James White. But think about it. Last year, Mark Ingram and, and Alvin Kamara were both RB1s. Two years ago, I believe, blew it. Uh, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman were both startable week to week. You know, that's the kind of situation I still think is possible. I see what Rich is saying. I see what you're saying. What would you put the percentage I, I just at? wouldn't. That that's really what where we're talking. What is the percentage chance uh, of what you just said is going to happen? Sixty-five, thirty-five is what I think a share could be like. No, let me ask it a different way. Oh, the percent chance that Connor is still yes. startable? Yes. Twenty-five uh, percent. All right, that's fair. I'd go a little lower, but I'm not going to parse it too much. I think that's where we're at. So, who's your call? You like? I know you want to wait for the three, but which call? Give me a score tonight. Yeah, I think it's close enough. I think Philly wins but does not cover. Give me something like 24-21. Oh, G-Man, 24-23. Last second field goal by Rosas. There it is. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Football Fridays. Mike and Dane, we're out.